This is episode 15 of the Spinoff Success Podcast. Welcome to the Spinoff Success Podcast with Beth Phillips. Join me each week for inspiring stories about people leveraging tools, platforms, systems, and skills to create thriving businesses, successful side hustles, and surprising new careers. Tune in to discover how to turn your skills and expertise into a spinoff success. Hello, and welcome back to episode 15 of the Spinoff Success Podcast. I'm Beth Phillips. Today, I am happy to introduce you to Kelly Garrett. Kelly is the owner and uh, master marketer behind Etcetera. It's a design and marketing firm where Kelly uses her skills and she and her team help companies focus on um, the customer experience, retention, and loyalty. So the one thing that I learned about Kelly is that she has been on the cutting edge of new technologies and has no problem um, playing around in the sand with them. Um, she's really a, seems to me like an early adopter and it really has positioned herself perfectly to provide the kind of services she does to her clients. But I'm excited to um, share with you what um, she's kind of into now, which is really new to me. It's all about um, Facebook Messenger bots. So again, she's been studying this for probably, um, I think, 12 to 18 months. So she talks a little bit about what they are, how she's um, learning about them, and using them for her business. So even if you're not interested in marketing per se, or generally, or um, Messenger bots in particular, I think it'll inspire you to notice when you something strikes your interest, whether it's new or old, and um, hopefully you will uh, be inspired to learn more about it. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Kelly Garrett. Well, thank you, Kelly, for taking the time to join me today. Yeah, thank you. And thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, I was hoping that you could describe, I, I definitely want to talk to you about a few certain skills and how you have um, sort of jumped on trends and that sort of thing. But tell me a little bit about the business that you own and what you guys do. So I own an agency called Etcetera Design and Marketing, and we help customers with end-to-end marketing solutions. So we really focus on the intersection of where strategy meets tech and design, and we can help someone plan their their underlying strategy. So we really go back to the basics of marketing and figure out what value you really bring to the table and what pains and uh, things that your customers are really looking for and create a solid plan. And then once we have that plan, we um, then lay out the steps to execute it. So the tech is kind of the second step in the process, and we help figure out what tools are going to work best to convey the right message to your audience and connect with them, and then we dive right in and implement. Well, so we can really help any business at any stage of their marketing. We, We work best with 
established businesses who want to bring their marketing up a notch, but we also definitely have businesses that are just starting out. Yeah, so I was looking at your website, which is beautiful, by the way, um, and I Thank guess that, that's a given. It better be, I guess. But um, <laughs> something that intrigued me about it is, and, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like you can kind of take any business, whether it's in person or online, big or small, and apply a system that kind of um, helps them with the marketing, the branding, um, their, their, you know, email things. Is, is, is that, is that accurate or? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, really at the end of the day, the foundational pieces of marketing are the same, regardless of your industry, regardless of the size of your business. And that's something that a lot of businesses, and, and by that I mean um, the foundations of marketing, truly digging into the roots of who your business is meant to serve, what value you bring to the table, those kinds of things. Those foundations are something that gets overlooked very often by companies because we are so focused on needing to get money in the door right yeah. now and needing to get our message out there right now that we often stop, forget to pause and, right. and look at those things. And yeah. those are universal. Yeah. You know, that goes back to the um, basics of just communication with, with other human beings. And it's just so easy to forget that. Right. Well, what, 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 um, brought you to this point? In other words, what was your background and, um, how did you, um, start your own business? Yeah. So I have always been a, a design person. I'm very influenced by environment around me, how things look, and so even as young as a kid, I was an entrepreneur. Uh, I, I, you know, had a little couple businesses that I was trying to start and, and did a lot of design work on the computer. And um, so I, I taught myself a lot of those kinds of things. And along with coding, um, I took a class in college, maybe that that was kind of basic coding. And then from there, really got excited about it and taught myself. My undergrad degree was in IT. And then after that, I went right into um, grad school to get my MBA. And there I focused on marketing and entrepreneurship. Yeah. And yeah, and I was all set to go down the corporate road. But I think like so many people, the entrepreneurial bug got me and I decided, you know what, I need to start my own thing. So I dove right into freelancing and just got busy with that, had to hire someone right away. And it's just kind of steadily grown since then. And I think my skills as a marketer have been an evolution over the entire course of my life, really, because yeah. I, I felt that when I was very, very young. Um, so I can't say that there's any one pivotal moment or one pivotal teaching that that did it for me. It's just kind of been a progression. Well, uh, there is, it seems like there is something about you though, that um, I, I was again, reading on your uh, about page. I think it was that you were talking about um, doing flyers and print shop <laughs> on a dot matrix computer. So there is something about yes. you that is sort of on the edge of what's next. And it's almost like you were born at the exact right time. It's so interesting, yes, because unlike my parents' generation, you know, they 
were had so much of their life without technology that it's been hard for them to trans, you know, to to convert and learn it. But also, unlike the millennial generation that has always had technology, I saw that transition very early in my yeah. life. So I remember a time without it, and I also remember learning it. And I think. I think you're right in that I was young at the right time when I was still so super curious. And I'm, I'm curious now, right. but at that time, it's, you know, kids absorb things like sponges. So yeah. I just dove in and that wired my brain to be um, having that curiosity. And, and I just observe. I'm an observer. So I think that's where being able to predict trends comes in. I'll, yeah. I'll look at something and... And I can play out in my mind how people are going to react to it and having a true understanding of what motivates people and what drives their behavior allows me to really look at something and envision the life cycle of what it's going to be. Yeah, that's so cool. And I I just want to touch on one other thing before I let it get away. But when you got out of graduate school, and you you said you were, you know, planning on doing the corporate thing, but you decided to freelance, you know, I'm thinking maybe you're underestimating um, how significant that is, because freelance today looks so much different than even five years ago just with digital tools and I don't even know if any digital tools like Elance or Upwork or anything like that was even available to you then so what like how did you physically go about starting a freelance business you know how did you offer your services yeah you know (laughs) that's interesting and I guess I take that for granted too because Facebook was not around that was 12 years ago wow so um Yeah, I mean, it started with friends and family, really. Um, And that's, you know, I think someone mentioned, hey, you should you should start doing this for other people. I think I started editing slideshow videos for people for weddings and and graduations. And I had one of my own that I did for my own high school graduation. And people just liked them and, and saw the artistic side of it and the ability that I had there. And so it's, it definitely started with family and friends. And then one of the very first things I did was I rented an office in downtown St. Paul. I'm in Minnesota. And that gave me an enormous amount of um, walk-by traffic. It was in the Skyway level. Oh, that's cool. So people were constantly walking by and, and the, the wall was glass. Like people could watch what I was doing as mm-hmm. they're walking by. And that just caused a lot of walk by traffic. And, and so I was really lucky in that respect that, that at that particular time I was, I was already married. My husband was making a good salary so we could take that risk Mm -hmm. that I didn't have to worry about having a steady income. And at that point, every money, you know, all the money that I made went back into paying the rent on the, the office space and, um, and putting it back into the business. So, so I think that I look at as just being very lucky and very blessed at that time. Yeah. And probably another factor too, is I'm guessing 12 years ago or 13 years ago, you wouldn't have graduated with like $40,000 in debt for undergrad and and graduate school. That's just a guess just because I I think it's just exploded since then. Yeah, I mean, it has. And I definitely had less debt than people mm-hmm. do today. It was a mm-hmm. private school. So I think that mm-hmm. that elevates it a little bit. But 
you know, it was very easy. Interest rates were lower. It was right. very easy to, to manage that. Yeah, definitely. I feel the same way. I graduated from actually law school 20 years ago, and yeah. I, I didn't have anywhere near the debt that kids come right. out with with undergrad right, yeah. right now. So it was more manageable for sure. It's so really huge problem. Well, tell me about, like, the thing, and, and I know you do a lot of different things in your um, – your business, but what is the thing that you're most excited about now? And what we talked a little bit about it, but it yeah. seems so cutting edge. Like there you are on the edge of it again. Yeah, definitely. So I have been obsessed with Facebook Messenger bots. I got into those about a year and a half ago, and which was, you know, really only six or nine months after they were released. Wow. And it just, it was kind of this light bulb moment for me where I saw a demonstration of how it worked and I just saw the potential in wow. what businesses could do. And it's something that I, you know, because I'm so curious, because I'm a self-taught kind of person, I just dove in and experimented and played around with it. And in doing that, I was able to connect with other people who were using it and also interested in experimenting and just really was able to kind of catapult with that and and now integrate that into the marketing that I do for people. Yeah. And how, how accepting are your clients of implementing um, this technology? Uh, yeah, I would say it's like 50-50. Um, there are about half of the people that have maybe played around with it themselves a little bit and they're very interested um, and they just don't know how to incorporate it into a successful strategy. Mm -hmm. And then the other half are kind of turned off by it. They, um, you know, maybe feel like it's a little bit too invasive, which mm -hmm. is funny because that's how we felt about email marketing For sure. 15 years ago when yeah. now was starting out. So um, I think that email marketing is a fantastic um, example or a predictor of what will happen with messenger bots. I think there's there's going to be a longer adoption period. Yeah. And people are now, I mean, in the last six months, people have really started taking them on and, and using them in really, yeah. really cool ways. Well, I, I, I do think there's um, a stigma or a negative connotation, even just to the word bot. Yes. Honestly. But give me a 101 explanation if you can do if it's possible in uh you know a couple of sentences of what messenger bots do, what it is and it just basically what does it do? Does it replace mm -hmm. email marketing? Does it what is it what does a bot do? Yeah, no, I definitely don't think it replaces email marketing. It creates a more intimate connection with your customers and the way it works is that um, I like to think of it as kind of a choose your own adventure tool. So you give people options and choices to go down a certain path inside of Facebook Messenger by making, you know, by pressing buttons and typing in things. And you can utilize that as a way to filter and sort people before they connect with you personally, before you have a live human conversation. Mm. And it just creates this really intimate one-on-one -on -one experience but you're taking a lot of the sorting and filtering work that's automated of, yes that part is automated that's automated so okay. okay you eventually want to lead to a personal one-on-one -on -one conversation i with see them. 
So uh, and does it employ um, just the Facebook uh, demographic information that they have? It does. People have to opt in to mm. your bot just like they would with mm. email. And Facebook is very um, protective of the data that they'll give you. So mm -hmm. most of the data that you generate, you have to kind of generate yourself. But Facebook will give you first name, last name, gender, and location. Okay. Um, only if location is shared. So if you protect your location on Facebook, that won't be shared. I see. And yeah, and so then any other data you want to capture, you have to do so by asking questions and then storing that in the software that you're using. So uh, if you're presenting, um, say you want to offer, you have a client and you say, I think we should try this messenger bot technology. How does it compare to, and let's say you've done Facebook ads before with them. Mm -hmm. How does it compare, like, in, what does it cost a client to uh, try it out? Like, how long do you test it? Um, just, just, I'm trying to get my head around yeah. the, the steps of it, the mechanics of it, I guess, from yep. your end. Yep. So, so the, the, technology itself is very low cost. Um, the tool that I use most is called ManyChat, and there's a free version of ManyChat. Facebook doesn't charge any sort of fee to have a bot. Mm. Um, and so the free, you can you can use the free version of ManyChat. Once you get to 500 subscribers, it's something like $10 a month, $20 a month, something like that. Um, there are advanced features that you can unlock too by paying through ManyChat. And then based on the number of subscribers, the price just incrementally goes up from there. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just the software side of it. However, I definitely recommend because this is new and because Facebook has very stringent privacy policies and um, rules about how you can utilize their platform, just like Facebook advertising does, it's good. It's a good idea to work with someone who knows their way around things yeah. and knows how to create that truly um, personalized experience for your customers. So if someone were to hire some, you know, a team like mine to create a bot for them, um, the price can vary. You know, I think the low end of things is going to be in the $3,000 range. And for a small business, I would say probably up to five or 6,000, a little bit larger business or a business that wants to really, really dive in and, you know, go all in with, with messenger is going to yeah. be upwards of, of 10,000. I've seen companies spend 50 to a hundred thousand dollars on, mm bots, but those are much larger companies with much higher marketing budgets. Um, so it's really best to, you know, do it step by step. You can start out with the basics and just get your feet wet for a much less cost and then slowly add to it and let it grow. Yeah. So what is the metric of is this working for this business or not? Is it just subscribers? Is it uh, how do you measure return on investment? Yeah, and that's a loaded question, messenger bot or not, because, yeah, right. you know, ROI can be so hard to measure. Um, and, and basically, the best way to do that is to look at, you know, to set up, a, to get a set of KPIs, so key performance indicators, look at those particular things that 
when added up together, give you a sense of what's happening. So just by looking at subscribers only, Mm -hmm. that's not a good metric. That's just one singular piece of data. You have to take that data and combine it with other things to know what's working. So, so yes, number of subscribers is one thing that it's good to have more subscribers, but then we want to look at their open rates. How many messages are they opening? The cool thing about Messenger is that typically on average, we're seeing between like 60 and 90% open rates. Are you serious? Phenomenal. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Typically email is like 15 to 20%. Yeah. And that's, I think that's generous, 15 to 20%. Right. Exactly. A lot of people getting that. That is amazing. Uh, Now, do you, do you, um, sort of collect all this data for your clients or does an internal marketing person sort of keep tabs on it? Um, yeah. So the tool menu chat has a lot of that information in there for you, but just like anything, it can be hard to look at it and interpret. So that's part of what we do with clients on an ongoing basis is we pull all of that data and combine it together and create a snapshot of what's happening. Hmm. And based on that, we can advise on how to modify things, how to take what's working and amplify it. Um, you know, all, all kinds of different things that we can do with the data. Wow. So I'm, as I'm thinking about this, there probably are so many different directions that, or ways that you can use it, not only for your own business, um, just learning what will be uh, possible in the near future or the far future with the just how to use bots and what mm-hmm. they can be used for. But you are a person who only has 24 hours in a day or <laughs> let's see. Exactly. So do you see yourself maybe, you know, if, if you can't physically do this for all of your clients, is there a way for you to teach others how to do it so that you have some sort of, um, you know, kind of passive yeah. income from yeah. it? Yeah. From your def- knowledge, from your knowledge base. Right. Yeah, so I actually do have a course um, that's just kind of the introduction to bots and getting your first one started. And then from there, I am a huge fan of frameworks. I think that, you know, and and a framework is going to be different than a template or a, Mm a roadmap because a framework is something that still allows for variation. Yeah, a little flexibility. Yeah, exactly. So when I am, you know, trying to, and in terms of my own team and scaling my own team, I always try to create frameworks around everything so that I can have very explicit documentation that tells someone step-by-step what they should be doing, but then also gives them the ability to personalize it for their own business because every business is different. Every business has different needs. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's really how I approach any new technology or any, any strategy component of things too. I just try to try to try to framework it. Wow. That's awesome. Um, so, okay. Aside from your, um, clients and using it, say, to promote your own business. And I'll say bots, messenger bots to promote your own businesses um, and your clients' businesses. Where else do you see that technology being deployed? Yeah. So it's super fascinating. If we look at China, they have they have had bots for many years and they are kind of leading the way in where everything is going. Okay. And they use uh, something called WeChat and 
basically the the best example that I I like using from from WeChat is like say you know you order a pizza and you order it through um this messenger interface yeah and all of your credit card information is already stored in there and and it's essentially linked to your bank account as well so mm-hmm. and your location is stored in there as well so basically you can either speak hey, I want a pepperoni pizza in 10 minutes and it'll show up at your door or you can, you know, do a series of buttons. But then they also have taken it a step further where now if you choose to share that, Mm -hmm. everybody that is connected to you can see, oh, Kelly just ordered a pizza and it's pepperoni. And they'll see that and go, oh, that looks delicious. I'm hungry. I want that too. So then they'll just say, yeah, give me that too. And then a pizza will show up at your door. Right. Um, and that is also, it's integrated into their banking. Like everything over there is connected to WeChat. Um, and so it's just really, it's, yeah, it's just like this portal, yeah. <laughs> into, you know, into their lives. And I think that we are not far from that future. Yeah. I, we're starting to see it happen here and there. And yeah. it's just a matter of time before everything integrates with each other. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see it a little bit with um, even people like my mom adopting uh, the voice technology stuff. Yeah. Um, but, okay, let me ask you this, and you may not even have an answer to this, because as you're saying that, I'm thinking, is there a way for the user, the consumer, ever to benefit financially from that sort of technology because I think the potential is there. So let's say it throws out your pizza order, throws out a, you know, a net of and generates, you know, some sort of, you know, exponential pizza ordering. Do you ever see a time because you're on the technology edge where we will benefit from our own use of these kind of things? Absolutely. I think the biggest one comes in time savings. Mm, I true. think that people are busy and stressed. And, you know, I, when the technology is being developed, I think that's one of the main reasons that it's it's developed in the first place is to create, to reduce friction, to reduce stress, right. to reduce time that's that's needed. Yeah. Um, and that's that's, I think, where the big benefit comes. Yeah. We have to be careful because I think with technology, especially, we can get carried away and and have advances in technology just for advancement's sake. Yeah. So we always need to come back to: Is this really helping us? Sure. Yeah. That's on on the developers to to really keep that in mind. Yeah. So how how far down this rabbit hole are you going to go with messenger bots, or or, or are you getting excited by, about? other technology that either you want to use yourself or um, just projects you want to do? Yeah, I am constantly trying to think of more and more ways to integrate a bot into my marketing. But I also look at it as just a tool and a vehicle. Mm -hmm. So I never want to get too far away from the basics of marketing and understanding the value that I provide to people and understanding what they really want and need and just connecting those two up. And when you do that and you look at this technology as just simply a communication tool, yeah. you realize that it can't be your everything. There are yeah. a lot of people that are saying, yeah, email marketing is dead and I'm going to put all my chips into um 
messenger bots. And that's a mistake because people need to be met where they are. Sure. So most people have a phone on them most of the time, and that's great sometimes, but we're also in front of our computer sometimes. We're yeah. also in front of the television sometimes. Yeah. So you really have to to keep that in mind that, you know, what one tool is not going to be your everything yeah. when it comes to sending out your message. Okay. So you said your client adoption is about 50-50 that you can talk into. Can you predict when it'll be as ubiquitously or just accepted as email or texting, let's say, yeah. or using a GPS? I mean, I have friends who two years ago said, I don't want to use that thing. Uh, <laughs> so um, right. do, do you have a prediction about how long it'll take to be just universally accepted? Yeah, so... Um, and, and understood, because I think that's a big barrier, too. People just don't understand it. And even with your explanation, I am still trying to wrap my head around it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so there's there's something called the um, innovation adoption curve of Rogers. And I can't remember the guy's name. Rogers something, I'm sure, is hmm. his last name. Um, and this is a curve that shows the the rate of adoption for technology and it's really fascinating and it's broken up to it's broken up into several phases and so there's innovators those are the people that are creating the technology and Mm -hmm. are the ones driving the change and then there's early adopters then there's early majority Mm -hmm. late majority and laggards and so people will fit onto this curve and it's it's a typical um bell curve bell, bell curve yeah and um, so right now, I would and different different futurists and people will tell you that we're at slightly different stages in this right now. But I would say we are on the the second third of the early majority rise. Oh, wow. OK, um, yeah. you know, and not too not too far that way. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, um, six months ago, we were kind of at the tail end of early adopters um, and, and again, granted, I'm so deep in this technology that it might be harder for me to see clearly um, what, where we're at. Oh, and I, I see. Think, right. You know, I think that I would tend to say we're a little bit further along than we actually are because I also work w- only with marketers and business owners. Sure, so, and you're heavy into tech. So. Right. And yeah. so there's a couple ways to look at it. You know, on this adoption curve, if you if you scope back out to the entire society, we are absolutely still early, early adopters. Yeah. But within the business and marketing community, I think we're getting into the early majority stage for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm, so, yeah. I'm fascinated by just your, uh, I guess, innovation yourself or early adoption of things that we talked about in our other conversation. But how, how do you keep sharp? How do you keep up? Like, who do you follow um, mm-hmm. that gets you excited and, 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 and you can jump onto a thing and say, I know totally this is going to be something. Yeah. I, I don't have one particular source or thing that I follow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just, I subscribe to a lot of newsletters and a lot of follow a lot of feeds, mm-hmm. you know, TechCrunch, Mashable, those are all mm-hmm. very good technology sources. But I think, the number one thing that 
um, keeps me on top of things is just observation. I am the kind of person that I'll walk into a room full of people and I'll spend the first five or 10 minutes just kind of off on the side, looking around the room, seeing what everybody's doing, feeling everything out before I go and start to talk to people. Yeah. And it's just that I think that has allowed me to see uh, that combined with curiosity has allowed me to to strive and and dig deeper to find things. When I hear about something, I always want to know how it works. So yeah. I start researching. Well, how does this work? And I don't take any one particular resource as the ultimate answer. You know, that's just because I read an answer, that's not always good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go and read someone else's opinion. But you're such a good example of um, when people notice things. So I'm, I'm thinking about people listening who might say, well, I don't know anything about tech. I don't want to learn anything about bots. But if something catches your attention, I feel that it's so easy to find out more about it and to mm-hmm. see if something that you do or love can get traction with it. I just think just the access to information and um, even looking at how a thing works is it is like no other time. So I think you're such a good example of it. And um, I'm so happy to talk to you about this stuff today. Great. Yeah, yeah. thank you. And I agree. Access. Well, if, if people want to learn more about your business um, to use your service or um, maybe learn more about messenger bots, um, what's the best way to get a hold of you or connect with you or um, find you? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is just um, etc.com and it's spelled kind of funny, E-K-C-E-T-E-R-A.com. And I actually do have a free gift for your audience and oh, cool. we will post a link to it in your awesome. show notes. Oh, that's if great. That's possible. That's yeah, great. It's, called, it's called Six Steps to uh, Elevate Your Marketing Impact. And it kind of takes you through the process that I talked about where we start off with the foundations, the basics of marketing, and then figure out how to apply technology to that. Oh, I love it. Wow. Thank you so much, Mo. I have to warn you, um, I'm, you're on my radar now. So <laughs> when you get into something else, I'm going to ask you back. Awesome. Is that okay? Yes, absolutely. Well, That's great. Well, I appreciate it so much that you took the time to um, uh, try to educate me about Messenger Bots. So hopefully we got at least you know, scratch the surface. So if, yeah. if people are intrigued by it, they can uh, connect with you or um, learn more about it themselves. But yeah, thanks a lot. Did I, um, did you want to tell me anything else before I let you go? Yeah, no, I mean, I think just, just remember to keep humans in marketing. I, that's, that's really it. And in, in business, you know, we just have to remember to, that we're all people at the end of the day, the technology is great, but it's about relationships. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And so happy to meet you. Yes, you as well. Thank you. Uh, Thanks so much, Kelly. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes at spinoffsuccess.com, where you'll find all the links and any resources mentioned on today's episode. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. The show is now available on Spotify and Google Podcasts, so you can check it out there as well. And I'd really appreciate if you leave a rating and review. It helps others find the show and it helps out the show in general. Finally, I have one more favor. If you or someone you know has a spinoff success story that you think would inspire others or just be interesting to the audience in general, 
shoot me an email at beth at spinoffsuccess.com and you can either leave me a link to uh, the work that you're doing, maybe a company that you started, or just tell me a little bit about your spinoff success. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.